the following announcement has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. What's up, guys? This is the Murderhawk Monster, Lance Archer, and you are watching Perched on the Top Rope. And watch out, because I'll chokeslam you on the way down. This is Perched on the Top Rope, and I am your host, Lee Walker. And as you heard from that show opener, uh, we have AEW's Lance Archer. Lance, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on 23 years in the industry. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. It's been a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any sort of favorite memories in these twenty, these past twenty-three years? Man, that, that's such a <laughs> that's such an open-ended question because it is twenty-three plus years. I mean, I think if you speak to anybody that's been in the business for an extended period of time, you know, I always get asked, "Well, who's your favorite opponent?" You know, "What was your favorite match?" And it's like. I've had so many cool experiences. Uh, as you can see behind me, this this title belt that I have, I just literally got yesterday. And it's from an independent company in Texas called PCW that when I started in the business, it was a, a weekly television program in the Dallas, Texas area. Um, you know, we had an arena. We were running, like I said, weekly shows. We did, you know, uh, quarterly uh, uh, big events that would draw, you know, 700,000 plus people, two, 300 on an average on a weekly basis you know, full TV production. And it was probably one of the coolest memories that I got to have in my very early career that I think ultimately helped me tremendously when I started working with uh, then TNA, now Impact Wrestling back in early 2004, um, you know, and then on into my small time in WWE, all the stuff that I've gotten to do in Japan, uh, the time that I've spent the last, you know, three plus years with AEW, um, it was invaluable. And there was just so many memories from, uh, I just saw Paul London the other day at a show in, in Cleveland, and we had probably one of my most memorable matches in uh, my early independent career uh, to fast forward with TNA and and getting to wrestle Abyss at uh, Sacrifice 2005 and doing a springboard Van Terminator and just feeling and seeing the crowd come up off their feet. I, I can't do the springboard Van Terminator anymore. Uh, that was a couple years ago. Uh, you know, to, to even though my time in WWE was not very good or extensive, you know, just getting to walk out at WrestleMania was a memory that I'll never lose, you know, as far as, as wrestling is concerned. And then all the years, the nine plus years, you know, straight with New Japan and even the last couple of years. And that's the cool part about working with AEW is getting to still do stuff with New Japan and, you know, wrestling at Wrestle Kingdom and the Tokyo Dome, defending the IWGP titles, uh, tag titles to to having my first Texas death match against Moxley at, at the Dome, stuff like that, to all the stuff that I've gotten to do in, in AEW, especially early on, you know, uh, challenging Moxley and having another Texas death match for the IWGP US title in Dallas, Texas, in front of my family and friends. And the list goes on and on of the cool memories and the things that I've gotten to do over the last 23 plus years. And even though my age in, in comparison in, in the wrestling world may be a little bit up there physically, I'm in amazing shape um, and I'm ready to go and I'm not quitting anytime soon. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the things you bring up with uh, the independence, uh, you were recently part of uh, C4 wrestling. Uh, they yep. had an event and uh, they actually were able to raise over $21,000 for the Canadian cancer society. So <laughs> What's it like to be able to be part of events like that where as a as a professional, you get to give back as well? Yeah, I mean, it's always a really cool experience when you start meeting the people that it affects positively. Um, you know, when I first get the booking, a lot of times 
I really don't know the details. I just know that it's a booking. It's it's an opportunity to go wrestle and an opportunity to travel to places like Canada. You know, again, that's one of the cool things about this business is getting to travel around the world. And, you know, Canada is one of those places it's fun to go and work because there's such a rich history of professional wrestling in Canada. Um, and then to see this event, you know, to, to walk in not knowing anything and walk in and it's completely wall to wall sold out. And then when I go out there and, you know, have t-shirts and pictures and stuff like that for the fans and having them come up and tell me how much it means to them and the survivors that have come up and said, you know, events like this not only lifted their spirits in helping in their survival, but also, like you said, the financial uh, uh, gain that the, the the company was able to bring in to donate to the cancer research and cancer uh, uh medicines and everything that's just involved in surviving cancer, which is such a crazy and horrible disease to get. Um, just the people coming up and emotionally pouring themselves out, you know, it makes it so much more than just a professional wrestling event. And then getting to go out there and, you know, Bishop and I were two massive dudes beating the crap out of each other with everything we could find and going through, you know, somebody made a custom door with like a picture of me throwing a big ass punch at somebody. And we got to use that in the finish and it, just everything involved with it. Like I said, a lot of it, I didn't truly understand until I got there. And then once I was a part of it, not only was I getting a chance to wrestle and wrestle a really good wrestler in Joshua Bishop, but a chance to be around all the people who had survived and are going through cancer situations right now and the way it lifts their spirits and the time that they enjoyed and just being happy for that moment, which takes people's minds off the reality of the world sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I actually watched that match and okay. got to see, got to see that, um, the, 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 the drawing on, on the door and everything that was really yeah. impressive yeah very cool right you know it was it was really cool and uh yeah it's just you know there was just something i i found that you know you you don't see many events like that i guess right. I, and so that was that was really cool to see and and you spoke about your your time in japan and new japan right. pro wrestling what were some of the struggles that you first faced when you moved over there well, I never actually moved. I just traveled back and forth, thankfully, because I don't know if I could have fully lived there. I mean, if life situations were different, I probably could. Um, you know, it's there's always your, the language barrier, um, learning to to take in the different cultures, uh, the foods and things like that. And I've always had a very open mind to food. So I, I'm kind of a foodie and I enjoy foods like I always bring this up. And it's always a fun one to say because people uh <laughs> most people don't like it um it, i love raw horse meat and it's a delicacy in japan you can go to a restaurant and they serve it and it's beautiful it's yummy it's great you know and some people are like no horses are pets they're not food i was like well they put it on my plate i'm eating it um but you know the language barrier is there and like when i first started going like the first time i even went to japan was like in 2007 and it was just independent small companies and then uh, fast forward to 2011 when I actually joined New Japan Pro Wrestling and started going over on a more consistent basis like even then like now when you go over there's literally Wi-Fi connections just about anywhere and everywhere in any metropolitan city um, you know so if you're somewhere in Tokyo there's almost nowhere that you're not going to be able to catch a Wi-Fi for your cell phone and most cell phone services connect to theirs um, and now like like maps like I have an iPhone and I can literally just 
punch in wherever I'm trying to go in Tokyo and it tells me exactly how to get there. And if I want to take the trains, it tells me exactly what train to get on and how many stops to go and what train to go to next and things like that. And when I first started, it wasn't like that. It was um, literally there. I, I can remember, which made me fall in love with the people of Japan was standing on a train track or not on the track, but on the, on the, uh, the waiting rail and um, having people get off their train, ask me, you know, if I'm okay and where was I going and then explaining exactly when and where I needed to go and where, and when I needed to get off and things like that. And then getting on their next train and continuing about their day. And they didn't know me and they didn't have to do that. It was just really cool for, for them to get off on the platform with me and, and tell me where I had to go. Um, like I said, now, you know, you can literally go over there and, you know, have your Netflix. So you never have to leave your hotel room. You can, uh, you know, uh, travel and, and get anywhere you want just about as easily as anything else anywhere on the world. So it's changed drastically from the first time I started going over there back in 2011 to, you know, even the more recent times when I've been over there. So, um, again, the people are amazingly respectful people. And if you show an ounce of respect, they're going to give you 10 times that back. Um, the food is amazing. You know, the raw horse is a, is a, an acquired taste to say the least, but some of like the yakiniku, which is a, a Japanese style of Korean barbecue is absolutely amazing. And then, then if you like sushi, obviously it's the best sushi in the world because it's so fresh and good, you know, just so many good foods. I could go on and on about it in Japan. I love it in Japan. Well, you know, I love food. I love sushi. So I have to ask, what's your favorite cheat meal? my my favorite cheat meal uh i love pizza so i mean you know one of those things but you know myself and uh david legrec with uh they he and i go back and forth with um the fact that uh pineapple i believe absolutely belongs on pizza especially if it's like a pepperoni pineapple and like jalapeno so you have a little bit of sweet sultry and spicy all in one pizza and uh david he, he does not agree with me and you, you know who else uh, I noticed did not agree with you was uh, Chris Van Vliet. But uh, last hey. time I tell you, I 100% agree with you. Pineapple belongs on pizza. Absolutely. <laughs> I, especially like for me, I like doing a buffalo chicken. So you've got, you know, you've okay. got, your, you've got the, the, the spiciness from the buffalo sauce. And then you've got that sweetness from the pineapple. It just makes it. I will, makes I will have to. I will have to try. I've never had that one, so I'll have to try that. You will. You'll have to try and let me know what you what you think of that. And you know, also, you know, speaking of Japan, you know, you've worked with so many currents like in New Japan Pro Wrestling: Okada, <laughs> Zack Saber Jr., Will Ospreay, yep. legends like Jushin Thunder Liger, Yuji Nagata, teaming with Minoru Suzuki, Takamishi Noku. Yep. I, I I gotta ask, is there how do you feel uh, about AEW with representing Owen Hart with the Owen Hart Cup? Because, you know, he he had wrestled in New Japan Pro Wrestling as well. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's great. You know, obviously, AEW has teamed with the family and it's representing it in a good way. Um, I, I think it's given opportunities some, for some talents to be seen. You know, Ricky Starks this year winning it in a, in a way and in a fashion and against a person that nobody expected to see Ricky beat, and he did. So it put Ricky up on a new platform. And I've known Ricky since the first day he started wrestling in Texas. So it's cool to see him 
be able to find that success in the Owen Hart uh, tournament obviously offers an opportunity for stuff like that. And Willie, not Willow, Willow, excuse me, not Willie, Willow Nightingale, you know, she, who I think is probably one of the best women wrestlers in the world. You know, I've seen her, what she's done in AEW. Uh, I've seen her go over to Japan, um, you know, being the strong champion for a short period of time. And I think she's a true contender to the women's title and she's just an amazing talent. So, so to see her win the, the Owen Hart Cup, is a really cool experience to see those talents get that chance and that platform and to become something special. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that it gets to showcase uh, younger and newer talents. Uh, I would like to ask Lance, you know, What's would up? you like to see any talents who may have worked with Owen Hart and, you know, be integrated into like maybe next year's Owen Hart cup? Well, you're going to have to be more specific as far as who worked with Owen Hart. Uh, I mean, there's there's a, a plethora of talent, but over the years, you know, wrestlers retire and things like that. So, like, there's not many people who have, you know, that are still around, like maybe like a, a, a Gangrel or a Ken Shamrock, like, you know, Steve Blackman, you know, people that Owen might have had notable matches with that are still wrestling today. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's kind of a somebody's taste and things i don't know i think the owen hart has done a good job of being a new platform for talents that you don't know um i think there's a time and a place for those fighters and those wrestlers i don't know if it's in that tournament tournament specifically uh okay. but I, there's obviously a place for it I, I like the fact that the owen hart tournament right now kind of showcases a lot of talents that you wouldn't normally get to see on any kind of tournament basis okay yeah and just, you know, I, I, as a fan of Owen Hart, it was something that, you know, I had thought of. So I thought, you know, if one or two might, you know, you had one or two as like a, like a, a guest spot sort of deal. You I would, know, you know I, I think it'd be great at like a special attraction match for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Or like, you know, have them be like special referee in the finals. There you go. I love, I love that. Yeah. You know, I think that would be, you know, really cool to see. And, and you know, speaking of legends, when you came into AEW, you were fortunate enough to be paired with Jake Roberts. Right. And I, I've listened to you talk about this a, a lot, actually. Um, but I've never, like, who was it that uh, you talked to on the phone when you were, you know, going over these these ideas when AEW called? Um, you know, in the very earliest stages, Cody was very... Uh big on helping me become part of AEW. Um, you know, I had conversations with him and them in Texas because they came to Texas in late 2019, uh, went down to Corpus Christi, had a meeting with him and QT Marshall. Um, and that kind of is, is where the springboard to me joining AEW started. And I'd been with New Japan for around nine years at that point. Uh, had only been working on a tour by tour basis because that's just, it's an old school style of business that New Japan did. Um, and then they randomly finally offered like a full-time contract, but then so did AEW. But the only reason that AEW had a, uh, an opportunity to do so was because New Japan had never actually signed me to a full-time contract. Um, and like I said, Cody and QT were big proponents in having me join AEW. And then obviously Tony had to sign off on it and all that stuff. But at that point, I, I really hadn't had any conversations with Tony other than, you know, very short ones and stuff like that. I'd always had good conversations with the with Chris Jericho, he was a big proponent and, and having me join AEW as well. 
Um, so I, I had a lot of good people on my side, uh, you know, in the early stages. And this was obviously late 2019, early 2020 uh, before the world shut down. Um, but, you know, it, it ended up being a good situation. Yeah. And um, in 2020, speaking of Chris Jericho, you went on Talk as Jericho. Yep. And you had said that there were a couple different people pitched besides Jake Roberts. Right. Who were some of those other people that were pitched to, to manage you? I'm trying to remember specifically, you know, they were, they were bringing Vicky in at the time. Um, I think Vicky was kind of one of the possibilities. Um, but I think ultimately it was decided like that Jake and I together, especially with his style and his character and my style and my character, it fit well together in comparison to to not that Vicky and I couldn't have and wouldn't have worked. I just think it was that would have been such a difference between who she is and what I was. Uh, you know, I think she fit very well with Nyla when they put her with Nyla. Um, and the same when they finally decided that uh, Jake and I would be paired together because I understood that the thing, you know, there, there were some people that we were like, oh, you don't need to be with Jake and this and that and whatnot. And Jake was amazing for me, you know, not only on screen, but behind the scenes, because he helped me find the voice for the murder hot monster. Um, I knew how to be when I walked out that curtain and got in the ring and, and had really come into my own as far as that character was concerned. But whereas the U S market is, is much more driven with promos and talking and speaking um, that part, I really hadn't nailed down in any capacity. And Jake was really, really helpful in helping me learn to speak. And I, I haven't done a lot of speaking in AEW, but you know, we did a lot of promo stuff on Dark back in the day, and then there were a few opportunities to have a couple promos on Dynamite and stuff like that. Um, and that's where I think Jake helped me the most. Um, you know, Jake's been invaluable to me in my career, and he's also become a really, really good friend. Yeah, and I see you guys, you know, praising each other every time you guys do an interview and, and everything, and it's it's a really cool relationship to see, especially for uh, two guys who, you know, previously didn't have much interaction with each other in the industry. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I knew Jake already prior to that. Um, and I think what Jake provided to me, you know, I, the last time I'd really been on the U S scene was uh, when I was with WWE in like 2010. And then, like I said, I went to new Japan and was there primarily the whole time other than a few independents here and there. So what he provided for me uh, in the U S market was, you know, people, they have that memory of who Jake was and they, you know, he's, he's an icon, he's a legend, he's a hall of famer. Um, so when they go, Oh, Jake, the snake Roberts, if they don't know who Lance Archer, the murder hawk monster is, then they'll go, well, let's pay attention to this because the murder hawk monster is with Jake, the snake Roberts. Um, so it helped kind of bridge that gap between my time uh, in Japan to, to coming back into the U.S. market. All right, cool, cool. And uh, speaking of 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 all of this with AEW, you've had title opportunities <laughs> for every championship in AEW. Yeah, yeah. I have to ask if you could pick a partner mm -hmm. and face the tag team champions, who would you pick for your tag team partner? Uh, in AEW? 
Yeah, you can go. Yeah, in AEW, and then if you um if you want to do a crossover, <laughs> sure. I, I don't know, man. That there's so many amazing talents right now. Um, you know, I I think even though he's on he's he's been on his own path, I think it would still be a fun visual if you saw the War Dog. Uh, Wardlow and the Murderhawk monster Lance Archer is a massive meaty team just going in there and, and going toe to toe with FTR because FTR is not afraid to step up to anyone at any time doesn't matter how big or small they are um, and we're two big bad behemoths that I think if you paired us together it would just visually it would just be a fun sight to see for the fans and then his ability my ability FTR's ability I think we could absolutely deliver some class our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too that's the beauty of Noom they build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions medical issues and other personal needs so your plan works for you Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Just hard-hitting, holy moments in, in tag team wrestling um if you want to talk outside of, of aew at the moment you know i'm currently kind of starting a team with a kid named alex zane uh we've done a couple stuff in new japan um, um we've got some more stuff uh, that's coming up in the future uh we're calling ourselves monster sauce which is fun because he's you know he calls himself the, the sauce alex zane the sauce and he's saucy and whatnot and i'm the murder hawk monster so we just kind of threw them together monster sauce it's kind of a fun combination Awesome. Awesome. Now, um, if you could handpick your opponent to debut <laughs> on AEW Collision, who would you pick? And I'm going to go with this. You can do the same, someone in AEW, and if you want to do a crossover. <laughs> My debut opponent on Collision. That's the funny part. I haven't actually been on Collision yet. Um, man. You know what, uh, you know, since he just won the title last night uh, and we've had an amazing match in the past, I'll say Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix and the title on the line? Oh, absolutely. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. Um, now, one thing we see is a lot of factions in AEW, if there is a faction that you could join right now that's currently in AEW, which faction would you join? That I have no idea. I think that's kind of more of a fan uh, pick than anything. Yeah. I mean, and uh, obviously Don Callis is collecting some guys right now. Uh, you know, JAS is kind of, I think, on the, the, the outs at the moment. So maybe Chris needs a new faction and needs his new heater. Who knows? Um, you know, Dark Order, you know, they've always kind of been there, but maybe they need that new big bad monster to get behind them so that Dark Order can reign supreme again. Who knows? I mean, there's so many cool, good factions that do exist in AEW. And hell, maybe I just start my own with some guys and girls. All right. Now, 
one thing I like to talk about, Lance, and okay. they're literally sitting right in front of me here, are action figures. I, yep. As you see, I, I collect them. I get them signed yep. by, by you guys. And yep. we talked about you having 23 years in the business this year. So, you know, what is it like, you know, to have Lance Archer immortalized in an, with, an, with an action figure and being in AEW Fight Forever, the video game? <laughs> a amazing it's so cool to be able to have those things um surprisingly which you just 23 years and the major companies i've been with you know um this is literally only my second action figure i had one when i was with tna uh, the lance white action figure and then now fast forward you know through new japan through wwe all that stuff never had one with them um and now i have one with aew the murderhawk monster lance archer is immortalized in action figure uh status forever now and then same with the video game i've only been in this is literally only my second video game i was a part of uh raw versus smackdown 2011 as vance archer um and then now uh the new fight forever AEW game as lance archer so it's it's a cool cool thing to be able to say that i've been in a couple of video games and had a couple action figures a lot of the guys and girls out there have had multiple 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 action figures been in several several video games and it never stops being cool um, but i think with the few and far between that i've actually had a chance to be a part of maybe it's for me it's a little bit cooler just because they're kind of special they're so far apart like i said from the tna action figure back in 2005 or 6 or whenever that one came out to fast forward to you know, uh, 2021 or 2022 when the, the action figure just came out, um, you know, and then same with the video game from 2010 when that the 2011 game came out to now fast forward to 2023 when this one comes out. There's such a gap between them. Um, it makes it kind of cool and special to actually still be a part of them with such a long history in the business. Yeah. Um, and like I said, I, they're so cool, and especially the figures being as articulate as they are. Uh, have you been able to play yourself in AEW Fight Forever yet? <laughs> I like how you worded that, and you didn't say play with yourself. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, 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 you know, the thought was there, but I, I you know. <laughs> Good job. Um, so very, very, very briefly, I don't have any gaming systems myself. I'm not a huge gamer. Uh, but I actually, one of my friends in Japan, uh, you know, he has the uh, uh, the little PlayStation, the handheld PlayStation. What is it? The, uh, like, oh, they got, um, I don't even know what it is with Sony anymore, to be honest. I know they have a Vista, I think it might have been, might be called. Am I thinking PlayStation? It's basically their Game Boy. I'm, and I'm dating myself with wording here, but uh, their little handheld one that you the Switch. There you go. Okay. The, yeah. Nintendo. Nintendo Switch. Sorry, guys. The, the, I'm going to be murdered by the uh, <laughs> by the gaming world. PlayStation. What is he talking about? Nintendo Switch. I'm sorry. He has the Nintendo Switch, and he asked me to get the game, which I did, and was amazingly. I, I searched like six or seven stores right after it came out, and found one store with one physical game that I was able to get, and I took it to Japan to him because he. I don't know if it's even come out in Japan yet, or if it ever will, but he's got one in Japan for his Nintendo Switch. All right, yeah i I downloaded it on my Xbox, and I'm uh, I'm actually rather proud to say this. I'm ranked uh, three seventy five in the Stadium Stampede matches. Okay, <laughs> that new the new match with uh, the thirty opponents and things like yep. that. Yep. So 
uh yeah i i just it's so cool to to see things like that and um not everybody gets those opportunities to have an action figure or to be in a video game and things like that so it's to me it's really cool to to be able to to talk to somebody who has and and you know has enjoyed it themselves yeah yeah it was it was fun playing on the nintendo switch (laughs) (laughs) yes with myself on nintendo uh um i gotta ask have you had any wrestlers in the AEW locker room come to you for advice with the amount of years you have in the industry and and or if not what advice would you give for upcoming wrestlers yeah of course i've had some you know there's always guys and girls that are truly looking for any advice they can get because they want to help them advance themselves you know some are real good about it some are not so good about it um I think the biggest piece of advice I can give and to a degree it correlates with the business as a whole in my opinion um I I know it's not really the style of professional wrestling necessarily as as of today because you know wrestling is so much more about the wrestling the action that's in the ring today there's so many guys and girls that can do so many amazing things um and i think part of the reason that i've had 23 years in the business and i'm going on uh, 24 and i'm not stopping anytime soon you know even through some small injuries is that um developing a character and a personality that transcends just the moves and the action in the ring because you know you're only going to physically be able to do certain things for so long and then that's going to fade away but if you have a character and a personality that people cannot wait to see they are you know just every time your music hits you know i think one of the biggest things that i always hear about when i come out is that they love that i just randomly beat people up and and beat up the like in new japan the young lions who are around the ring or you know when i was doing a lot of the dark stuff for aw it was just my opponents were either I was either chasing them down the ring or carrying them on my shoulders or beating them up as they tried to come and attack me beforehand or whatever the case was. It was just always a unique experience and it was a little bit different. And, you know, that that song was playing Everybody Dies and stuff of that nature. And, And people just got into the character and the fun of it, you know, and then whatever I did move wise was just kind of an exclamation point and made them enjoy it that much more instead of just having to rely on the wrestling by itself. Because I think if and when guys and girls who are coming up and trying to make themselves something special in the business and have a long lasting career, if and when the moves are the only thing people remember you by, there's always going to be somebody who's faster, stronger and better at them. And eventually when you can't do them anymore, if you don't have something that people gravitate to as far as personality goes, um, you'll fade away pretty quickly. I'd like to, regardless of how you want to gauge my true success in the business, my time in the business, like I said, 23 plus years, and most of that time with major companies from TNA to WWE to New Japan Pro Wrestling um, to to now AEW for the last three plus years, um, it comes because I think I've had a personality that's been strong enough, big enough, and and entertaining enough that people still want to see it at some point in some capacity. Like I said, there are some guys and girls who are, are blowing way past me with their success uh, in the business. Um, but the guys like, and I'll bring Ricky Starks back up. I think he's somebody that he has created such a strong personality for himself that when Ricky Starks comes out, like I said, Ricky Starks wrestling is always really good. 
But what you want to see is Ricky Starks, the personality. You want to see Ricky pose. You want to see Ricky's attitude. You want to hear Ricky talk. You want to hear everything about Ricky. And then once Ricky starts wrestling and he's a really, really good wrestler, it's just an exclamation point. And he doesn't have to just rely on the wrestling. So he's somebody, I think, that is achieving that very well. And there's so many right now in AEW and the business as a whole. Uh, but I think for the young girls and guys coming up, if they can find that, they will find success and they will find longevity um, and they won't just have to rely on the cool moves they do. Great advice. Great advice. Now, I, I want to ask that, like, I guess the opposite of mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's still advice. What advice would you give to those who first time in a big company and get released mm -hmm. um this is something you've experienced yourself um right. what advice would you give uh, a star that went through that you know if it's a true dream and a true passion you will find a way um the 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 path to success success success, success is not always a straight path um, I've had several doors closed in my face and I've always found another door to open and a different path to go. Um, you know, when my time in, let's just use WWE as an example, in 2010, it kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and I had relationships with people in the past uh, in Japan and started reaching out and started pushing that avenue. And ultimately it led me to New Japan. And that wasn't even my my first uh, uh point of reference i was trying to get back into all japan because i'd done some stuff with all japan and ultimately that kind of fell through and then new japan came into play and then fast forward you know uh 12 years 13 years later you know i'm still working with the company um and i think that's one of the biggest things is you have to chase your dream and push every avenue you possibly can never give up you know that's kind of a cliche in the business of wrestling um, and in life in general, um, it's not going to be easy. There are going to be bumps in the road. Don't let those bumps in the road become brick walls that you can't get through or around or by. Find your way. Um, if it truly is a dream and a passion, you will find your way. And right now, there's a lot of opportunities in the business. Um, you know, AEW is going extremely strong. Uh, New Japan is expanding. It's getting back on its feet after the whole COVID situation. Um, you know, and it's opening doors for not only men, but women because of their relationship with stardom, um, you know, impact wrestling just celebrated their a thousandth episode, you know, so they're still going strong. There are a lot of avenues for guys and girls to go through and, you know, you can find a path. Like I said, it may not be the path that you originally envisioned and thought it was going to be, but if you continue to push forward, you will find a way. Um, if you just give up because of one bump on the road or one bad situation, then you'll never find any success, no matter where you possibly go. Beautifully said too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the, um, uh, everyone's, you know, been, you know, lost their job and everything and it, it's hard on, and anyone. So uh, yeah, that was, that was very well said. Uh, thank you for those wise words. Even when I get, <laughs> And make, even makes, when I, if, if it happens to me next time, I will, uh, I'll remember those words. Cause that was, that and, was well said. And make some good relationships. Like I said, there's, I've never gotten an opportunity in my career that was just me and me alone achieving that from, from my time, you know, with impact wrestling, when I first started with TNA, it came from, uh, uh, big Don Harris 
suggesting I take somebody's spot, not because take their spot. Somebody wasn't able to make it. And he suggested me because I did well with him and I was given a chance and I got a contract and worked with impact wrestling for five years. Uh, my time with WWE came almost specifically because people actually reached out to them and said, give this kid a chance. And they did. And, you know, I got a couple years out of it. My time in new Japan literally came from, uh, them not realizing that I was somebody they already knew. I was just being uh, put onto them as, you know, this big foreigner, this big guy, Jin, um, who just left WWE. And then when I worked with him for the first time in Philadelphia, it was like, oh, wait a second. We know you. We met you at TNA back in the day and we liked you. So let's do more. And it turned into, you know, a 9, 11, 12 year career working with them. And then fast forward into to AEW, there was good people that were willing to go to bat for me, the relationships that I'd made. And if I'd had negative reactions and negative relationships with those same people like Cody, um, then it would have never happened. So, you know, it takes good relationships with good people to get opportunities, uh, you know, and you'll find these ways. So, so make good relationships. Don't burn too many bridges. That's another piece of advice. Awesome. Awesome. Again, thank you for, you know, great advice. <laughs> yep. Um, Lance, I want to thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. I have a couple last questions. It's a, a fan Q&A section. Uh, okay. I got just a couple, nothing, nothing major. I've got okay. the first one comes from Benji over in okay. England. What's up, Benji? He would, he would like to know uh, which in-ring legend would you have loved to face when they were in their prime? when they were in their prime, you know, my, my go-to answer is always, and I've now worked with him in two separate companies. And, you know, I, I, I <laughs> unfortunately it just may never happen. Uh, it, it, it looked like it almost was going to happen at one time in AEW and that sting. He was kind of the reason I even started in the wrestling business. And then I worked with him in uh, TNA for some time. And now I've worked with him in AEW for some time, but I've just never had that opportunity to actually lace up the boots, stand across from him and have a match. And he's always somebody because of what he meant to me and my interest in the business as a whole. Um, and to be able to work with him, it was always a, a dream, as they say, to get a chance to work with Sting. Awesome. Uh, Alex Todd, based out of New York, would like to know what was it like teaming with Kurt Hawkins as the Gate Crashers? <laughs> Kurt was always fun, man. I, I think it was, again, a a team with so much potential. Uh, we were just kind of randomly thrown together. Actually, when I first joined the company in, in mid-2009, um, he pitched the idea for him and I as a team. And at that time, it was kind of like, ah, no, nah, you know, we'll see what's going on and nothing happened. And then fast forward, you know, um, I remember I was on the road and he randomly called me. He's like, hey, man, where are you at? And I told him, oh, I'm at the hotel in whatever city we were in. He goes, hey, remember that idea I pitched back when you first got there? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, we're doing it. And I was like, oh, cool. But we just kind of fell under the radar pretty quickly. You know, the company was pushing towards SummerSlam. So they had bigger ideas for other people. Um, and then, you know, things just kind of unfortunately got lost in the shuffle, downhill, all that fun stuff. And then it ended. So it, I think it ended a lot faster and a lot sooner than it could have and should have. Um, talking about action figures, from my understanding, we were slated to have a, a two pack and then, you know, I was released from the company, so uh, it didn't happen. So that sucks in its own side, especially because now he's uh, so big into the action figure game. 
Um, so it was a fun experience and Kurt taught me a lot and, you know, considering his success in the company at the time and his longevity with the company for the longest time and now still working with impact wrestling. So he's another, you know, person that you can look to as advice of how do you stay in this business? You just keep busting your ass, you keep chasing the dream and you make good relationships and you'll find a way. Awesome. And this last question is from Kyle in Ohio, and I'm pulling it because you, you're talking about action figures right there. What's it like being part of the highly sought out AEW chase line, especially when it's your first AEW figure attached with a chase figure? It's very cool. Um, the, the, the silver pants, uh, the, the, it's a very limited edition one. I've got a few myself. Um, I think it's really cool. I think one of my my action figures is probably one of the more simple action figures they put out. There's no uh, jackets. There's no extra hands or heads or anything like that. You know, most of them all come with a little extra accessories. And mine is pretty simple. Um, so to have a chase figure is a really cool thing because of maybe one of those facts. But it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Awesome. And I'd like to thank the fans for uh bringing up some questions for us. Uh, yep. Lance, I want to thank you again for coming on today. It was a great pleasure. And I want to thank AEW for allowing this interview to happen. Uh, Lance, where can fans find you on social media? Yeah, most of my socials that I actually use, I really don't use Facebook a lot anymore, um, but I am on Instagram and, and well, X now or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Uh, both of them are under my real name at Lance Hoyt or at Lance underscore Hoyt on Instagram. Um, I keep them that way just because, you know, that's going to never change. So it's, yeah, it's under at Lance Hoyt. Check them out. Awesome. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. Remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out. Hey, everyone. Thanks for watching that video. If you liked what you saw, make sure you hit the like button and make sure you hit subscribe so you can get all our content here at Perched on the Top Rope. And fans, remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out. Mm -hmm.